Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM 103.7. My name's Phil Bates, here with you through till four o'clock, but the important thing is through till half past one, David Peterson from All Zen Community Nursery here to answer those all important gardening questions. G'day, David. Hello, Phil, and good afternoon, everyone. Well, um, I spent a lot of time last week in the Central West okay. around um, Dubbo, Mudgee. That's right. Remember you going, yep. yes. And uh, the country out there is just Green. looking gorgeous. Yes. Yep. Green and oh, things are flowering. you think it was spring, wouldn't you? You would. You I would. It's amazing. And the same with our gardens, yes, of course. Yes. Yep. And if you've, I'll give you the number now, 49216216. If you've got any questions at all about your garden, 49216216. Things your garden's doing that you would prefer it didn't things that you prefer <laughs> your garden was doing that it's not and uh, any success stories too of course we'd like to hear those especially success yes, stories i think yes. david we're all um, a bit in the doldrums as far as gardening goes because we're having so many problems with mm. this weird season we're having so um, if you've got success stories or any tips you'd like to share with the gardeners of the hunter now's the time to do it four nine two one six two one six Good week at the nursery, David? It's been a great week, yes. I mean, look, mm. certainly the, I, the temperatures have dropped, which I thought was going to be different to that. Yeah. I thought we would get a, probably a little bit of a late summer mm. to our mm. season, but obviously not because our temperatures are lowering, particularly those early mornings. Um, yes. A couple of those mornings yes. have been a little bit on the cool side. <laughs> I mean, not that I don't mind that, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's certainly dropping the temperature. Mm. So, But, yeah, no, but good, good weather. Um, autumn is always, of course, what we class as a second spring. Yep. So it's always a great time just to do those um, last-minute things and, of course, to that last-minute planting too before we get into the winter months. Not that we yeah. need to stop planting during winter, but it's always a good time to do it. If, if you want to get some growth on yes. things before winter, yes. which is what, what we've been up to at, at our place. Um, also, of course, if we lose a little bit of that humidity, that yes, would be wonderful yes. too, wouldn't it? Mm. And we go back to normal time next weekend as well. Oh, we do too, don't we? we? Sure yes, do. that's uh, on Sunday morning. Yep, we, that's right. Uh, clocks go back or forward? No, I can it goes never quite back because back. yes, it goes back to our normal time. Yes, Phil, not okay. Forward. So the curtains <laughs> won't be fading as much as they used to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I think. If you're ready, David, we may as well no, go well, I, what oh, I want, oh, of course, yes. Yeah. But before we do that, Phil, I just want to wish someone very, very important a very happy birthday oh, do today. That, do One that. of my work yeah. colleagues, Tony oh. Still, it's his very big birthday today. So many happy returns to Tony for today and hope he has a great day at work with us today. Well, that's great, and I'm sure there'll be um, <laughs> special things happening for Tony throughout the day. Oh, of course there would be. Maybe, maybe a cake or two? Or well, he had this lavish thing on his desk before oh. I left that came from our cafe, so it was right. quite elaborate, really looked lovely, but of course I had to dash off and Yes, I was going to say, what are you doing in here? Yeah. You're missing out on the <laughs> lavish cake. Okay, um, I'd completely forgotten, David. Right, we, we've Phil. got two more formalities. <laughs> Everyone who rings up and is part of today's program goes in the drawer for 2NURFM's gardening walkback where David comes around to your place, checks everything out, tells you what's good, what's bad, gives you some advice right there and then on the spot. And uh, all you need to do is give Diane your details when you ring up. The other thing, of course, is um, David, at the end of every program, chooses somebody from the list of callers 
to receive this bountiful crop of gifts that he's giving away and uh, a two-plastic bag day today, David. <laughs> uh, I'll let you go through those. Okay, well, the plant I'm giving away today is just a Terenia. Well, I've had Terenias in here before, but I haven't actually had this pure white one. That's it really, really is white, pretty, isn't it? And that yes. little yellow tinge, tinge in the, the centre. Yes. Uh, so it's called Viva Snow, which is, of course, why it's got those beautiful white flowers. This is a great little ground cover plant, or else you can pop it in a hanging basket in a good sunny spot. Flowers for nearly 12 months of the year, as long as you get it in before the winter months, because it just tends to slow down a little bit during the winter months, but certainly still produces the flowers for you throughout the winter months. So that's the plant I'm giving away today. As well as that, I'm... Um, giving away a container of the EcoGuard. Now, this is the one, of course, which is the foliage spray, which is the one that protects the foliage against insect attack. But it also pushes a little bit of energy into the plant and just greens it up ready for coming into those winter months. So it's a little bit of an energy booster to the plant. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. so a great um, product to have on hand. As well as that, just a, a, the Debco plant food. That's the soluble one, which you dilute in water um, and... Um, just um, water that on your pot plants, your gardens, your lawns if you really want to. As well as that, I'm giving away a container of the Sea Organic. Now, this is the complete fertiliser, so I'm covering all bases here. <laughs> so you can use this once again on your pot plants or your gardens, and it's organic as well. As well as that, there's some other sachets in that bag as well. Right. And all you need to do to win those two plastic bags full of stuff is uh, to be listening at the end of the program and see if um, if David calls your name <laughs> then of course you have to pick it up from the nursery before next monday you do okay i think now we're ready to i go am ready that. now okay. Hell yes so am i and uh, so is diane on the phones she's put through regina from ye is our first caller hello regina hello um happy birthday to tony first of all yes yes thank <laughs> you we should sing no we won't no no we won't <laughs> sing because i'm not going to sing on air phil <laughs> no no and i won't do it either <laughs> um I've got uh, a lemon tree. Um, the lemons, uh, there's quite a few on it, and they're a good size, but they're green and have been, been green for weeks. Mm -hmm. Will they ever turn yellow? They certainly will. I mean, look, certainly they may just need a little bit of help, but certainly citrus are mostly a winter thing, so that's when you'll actually get the, flower, the, the fruit forming properly. But look, if you've got some liquid uh, fertiliser, something like your, um, or what could you, I could suggest, flourish is really a good one that you could use, mm -hmm. uh, even the plant, the fostrogen plant food that I've got. If you just do that every couple of weeks, that actually pushes a little bit of energy back into the plant and hopefully promotes the fruit f through to its full maturity. Well, they're a good size, but they've just been they green. They just stay green, yes. They're not growing much or more, I don't think. Um, also, um, I've got a trailing lotus plant in a hanging basket. It did flower beautifully for ages, but now it looks as though it's died. Do they die back or is it really dead? Well, the only thing that affects the lotus, and I haven't seen one of these for quite some time, it's the wet weather. They hate being too wet for any long length of time, and if they do, they just curl up their toes and die on you. Oh, maybe it's done that then. What a pity, but I will get another one because they're very nice. They are, and look, as I said, I haven't seen one of those for quite a while, so, I mean, you've got to probably look a little bit hard to find one of those, but really great in hanging baskets. Yes, it, yes, it is. It's, uh, as I said, it's flowered beautifully for um, quite a few months, actually, and mm -hmm. then... Uh, as I said, all of a sudden it looks as though it's curled up its toes. Yep. Well, that's, I would say that's probably due to all the, um, the wet and the humid weather that we've had. 
Okie dokie. Thank you very much. Thanks, Regina. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Regina. And uh, next on the line, it's David. David's from Blacksmiths. Hello, David. Oh, hello. Good morning. Uh, I must be one of the most ignorant, uninformed <laughs> gardeners that you've ever met. Why is that, David? Nothing I put in grows. <laughs> okay. But, but mark you, my garden is a sort of a reversed L, capital L. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main stem is almost completely in the shade, and the bottom of the L gets a bit of an af- uh, afternoon. I've put in seeds and things like that, and nothing grows. I even put in some potatoes, and they didn't come either. Mm. So my question to you is, when does one put seeds in the garden? Well, of course, at this time of the year, we're putting seeds in for all our winter uh, crops, particularly if we're talking about uh, veggie crops, they all go in now, and certainly a lot of our flowering seedlings uh, for the winter all go in now. As well as that, we're starting to think about bulbs, putting our spring bulbs in. So if you're wanting a spring show, now's the time to be putting those in. So anything that's actually available throughout the winter months, now's the time that you're putting the seed in. Yeah, well, you see, it's autumn, isn't it? It is autumn, yes, believe it so or not. Win- winter's coming up. Yes. Surely that's not the time that you should have uh, little plants growing. Yes, it is, because if you get the seed in now, you'll have the little plants germinated before we get into the winter months, and then they'll carry on throughout the winter months. And there are plants that are designed basically for taking the cold conditions, Mm. uh, which are due to go in now at this time of the year. Okay, so I can try again now. Yes, you should be able to. Okay, well, thanks for your advice. You're welcome, David. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you, David. We've got our fingers crossed for you. Um, uh, David, David Peterson, a listener has asked if, um, a nodding violet and a golden cane can be cut back hard. Okay. Well, first of all, we'll talk about the nodding violets. I certainly wouldn't cut those hard back at this time of the year because you will not get the growth for the, for the winter months. Um, you can cut it back in the springtime. Uh, you can cut them back quite severely. They will reshoot out again for you. But after you've done that, you probably need to get in with a good complete fertilizer mm. to bring it back to life again. With the golden cane palm, certainly depending on what you mean by cutting it hard back, you can cut it hard back because with the golden canes, they will reshoot from the base oh, again. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. They tend to shoot up from the so base. It's like a rosette. Yes, sort of that's thing. right. Yeah. So, but once again, you wouldn't do it during this time of the year because golden canes stop growing throughout the winter months. But certainly once we get into the springtime, yes, you could cut them back hard again. And once again, feed them up well to promote wood strong growth. Terrific. Okay, next up, it's uh, Steve from Curry. Hello, Steve. How you going? Good, thank you. I'm just ringing up to uh, ask you a question. I've got a, a lemon tree, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be a common lemon. Yes. And I'm getting mandarins on it. Okay, well, that's most unusual that you're getting mandarins on it. Tell yeah. me, is this the first time there's actually fruit been on it? No, no, it's been for a while. I'm just, I'm just, I can't understand why. It's supposed to be a common lemon. Yes. Uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, look, certainly I couldn't answer that, whether it's just um, uh, what we, you know, sometimes things will just send out a shoot and become a different variety altogether. It happens with a few different things in the garden. Perhaps yeah. your lemon tree has done that, or a seed has germinated somewhere in the fork of, a, of the lemon and started growing, and this is why you've got another variety. But that would be my only explanation for I, it. I Steve. never got a lemon on it at all. Never. Okay, all right. Not one. And it's so spiky, you know, the big spikes all That's over. That's right, yes, yes. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I mean, certainly what I'd suggest is leave it how it is. No, I, mean, I am, of course. And if, if it's going to bear, well, it might bear better than what the old original common lemon has done. Because <laughs> the only reason I grew it because I like the common lemon. Yes. Because it's good. Anyway, I can't get over it. No, well, that's, that's, you'll have two different things on the one tree now, perhaps. Oh, probably. I hope so. Yes. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye Bye. now. Thank you, Steve. Well, yeah. So it, it might have grafted itself. The miracle of, of plants, yes. yes. isn't it? Wow. Okay, uh, next up we say hello to Diane from Wall's End. Hello, Diane. Hello. Um, look, I'm just after some information yes. about... Um, we bought a lovely little plant up at your place the other day, a diamond frost, oh, and yes. when we went to put it in the garden, it's covered with ants where we were going to put it. Mm-hmm. And what can I do about that? Will it hurt the plant or...? Well, it depends. I mean, look, certainly ants generally carry disease or carry something onto the plant. So unless there was a little bit of a nest in the actual pot itself... Uh, no, it's no, it's not. It's not from your place. We just dug a oh, okay. garden. Oh, right. Not not in the plant. The plant's just beautiful. Okay. Well, perhaps <laughs> the ants are just after the pollen, which is in the flowers, and that's why they're all on the plant. Certainly, if you wanted to get rid of them, you just need to just spray them with any general insecticide, and that right. should well, get rid of the ants. We can't get rid of the ants in the soil before we put the plant in the. You can, yes. Well, you can yeah, just well, uh, basically, once again, just mix any of your general insecticides up and water it onto the ground so it goes down into the soil. Right, and then we might get rid of them first, then put the yeah, plant in. Yeah, that sounds them. a very good idea, yes. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for your help. You're welcome, Diane. Okay, thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. Thank you very much, Diane. Uh, 49216216 is our number. Lines have become free. If you'd like to give us a call and talk to David Peterson from Walls End Community Nursery about anything in your garden that you need um, answers on, let's say hello now to Terry from Wanji. Hello, Terry. How are you going, mate? Thank you. Yeah, mate, I was just ringing. I've got a uh, passion fruit. It's, it's actually dripping in fruit, covered in flowers. Um, it's Panama Red. Mm-hmm. They're quite plump fruit, but I'm, I'm concerned they're not going to ripen because of how cool it's getting. Yes, well, that's true because, I mean, with passion fruit, they only would ripen during the warmer months. So basically all the fruit that's on your passion fruit will hold there throughout the winter months if it doesn't mature. So there's no uh-huh. need to worry about it. You don't need to do anything. It will just hang there until the weather actually warms up once we come into the spring months. So that will be actually your next season's crop, and then it will probably start flowering again in the spring, ready for another crop during the summertime. Sweet. So, uh, so I may get two batches, do you think? Or it'll, That's right, yes. Not... Well, you, if you just leave that fruit on there, that'll yeah. be your spring batch that you'll get, and then it'll yeah. probably crop again for you for the summer months. How good is that? That's very good, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Cheers. Thank you, Terry. And uh, just a word, if, if you're um, waiting to talk to David, just pop the radio off, otherwise it's going to sound like we're talking to you from your bathroom. So uh, <laughs> we'll say hello now to Phil from Raymond Terrace. Hello, Phil. G'day, mate. This is, uh, you were uh, you rang up about lemons a minute ago, and, uh, and just as the radio rang, I had a call I was waiting for. So what was the clue to it? Has uh, it gone green? 
Uh, the green, the green sometimes you'll find with a lot of fruit. Of course, with citrus, they are a winter cropping thing, so normally yep. they require the cooler conditions sometimes to produce the fruit properly. Yep. To quicken the process up, what I've recommended for her to do would be just to mix up any of your general uh, fertilizers, your liquid fertilizers, yep. and water that, water that around underneath your citrus tree, and sometimes that just quickens the process up and makes them ripe a little bit faster. Something like sea salt? Yeah, sea salt's one but probably stick with something that's more designed for the flowers, uh, like your flourish or your phostrogen, rather than sea sol, because remembering sea sol is just a root stimulant. It doesn't actually do much for flowers. Uh, Okay, mate, thanks for that. I appreciate it. No, that's okay, Phil. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Thank you, Phil. And um, to Cooks Hill now, and we say hello to Wendy. Hello, Wendy. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. That's good. Um, I just wanted a quick question. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about planting some um, small-leaf lily-pillies. Yes. So could you tell me what I would do? Is Can I plant them, like, now? Will it be okay to plant them before winter? Yes, of course it is. So Because, once again, uh, we just need to say that autumn is our second spring, so it's always a great time to plant things because once you get things in the ground for autumn... They're actually settled then, ready for the spring growth that you often get. But with lily pillies, I mean, look, they certainly would grow right through the year. They colour up better during the winter months, so you'll probably pop them in and they'll colour up really well. Make sure you just prepare the ground a little bit for them, Wendy, just by mixing through a compost and yep. mixing through also a complete fertiliser beer. But I'd go ahead, if you've got the spot ready for them, I'd certainly go ahead and plant them. Okay. And that'll be great. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye now. Thank you, Wendy. 49216216 is our number here on Gardening Talkback. Okay, back to your calls on Gardening Talkback on 2NURFM, 26 minutes to 1. 49216216 is the number, and lines are free right at the moment. As we say hello to Annette from Islington. Hello, Annette. Hello, David. I, I am Annette, but um, I'm from Carrington. I'm just at work at Islington. Okay. Okay. Um, a frangipani penny tree I've got at the front... Um, the leaves are all falling off and the leaves are mouldy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never received any flowers whatsoever on it. It's I know. It's a burgundy one. Yes, I know, because lots of people didn't get flowers this year because we didn't really have the summer that we should have had. Yes, so uh, there's nothing wrong with the tree. Nothing wrong. Um, certainly... Um, You'll probably found that the, the it may have a bit of a fungal disease and that's yes. why the leaves are falling. And also, too, we're stepping into autumn, which, of course, will make the leaves turn yes. uh, the bronzy colour and all fall off. But the, as I said, we had a really bad summer. We didn't have many sunny days. We didn't have very hot conditions. And they, this is what frangipanis need to actually make them produce their flowers. Okay, then. And another question, um, I've got crickets in the lawn. Which way, you know, best way to get rid of them? Now, we shouldn't have crickets in the lawn. We've probably got lots and lots of earthworm activity which pushes the soil up out of the ground. That's it, But certainly we haven't had any... insect attack in our lawns at all this year so basically with earthworms they're very active during the autumn months which causes this to happen you can either just wash it back in with your hose or just sprinkle some garden lime over your grass and that will actually move them to a different area all right then thank you very much david thanks annette thank you bye bye Thank you, Annette. Um, to um, Barbara now. Barbara's in Head and Greeter. Hello, Barbara. Hello. How are you, David? Good, thank you. David, I have a bleeding heart, mm. which is very, very healthy, but has not had a flower on it this summer. 
Why? <laughs> Look, I know I'm probably going to get lots and lots of these questions <laughs> because once again, with the bleeding heart, it's a tropical thing, so therefore it needs the the warmth and the sunny days to actually bring out the um, the flowers. And this is simply why we didn't get a lot of flowering from our tropical things this year, is because we didn't have any summer. So that's why. Um, Things are just starting to... Now people are noticing that, oh, why didn't that flower this summertime? So No, I, I knew it usually flowered around Christmas. Yes. I've been waiting, hoping the weather warmed up and maybe I'd get a few, but I haven't <laughs> had one. So, so we, we, just have to, um, we just have to forget about this summer and just try and think about next season. So, of course, in spring you can just trim it back or prune it back and mm-hmm. it'll just send up a whole lot of new growth. And perhaps we might get a summer next year. We may. <laughs> uh, David, the other thing is I have a cordyline, um, which I've raised from a baby and it was beautiful. And at the weekend I noticed it had been attacked and I had to go delving and they were very small snails. Oh, okay. Now I mean small snails, mm-hmm. tiny, miniature you might call them. Yes. Um, how can I treat it? Okay, these are just simply called the South African snails because that's where they originated from. Someone nice um, probably brought them over and they've started and bred and this is why we have the problem. The only thing with these smaller snails, the only thing I can suggest to you is just get any of your snail baits, uh, make sure you wear gloves and you also make sure you wear a mask because you've actually got to crush this up into a powder. So you do it in between two layers of something so that it forms a powder. You wet the foliage of whatever you're having troubles with as far as these little snails go. Another typical example is hibiscus. They often get on hibiscus. Yes, yes I have uh, had them on hibiscus. Yes, before. so you just wet the foliage of your hibiscus or your cordyline and then you just sprinkle some dust on the foliage and that actually, why it's, it's moist, it actually sticks to the moisture, the, the um, powder. And then, of course, the little snails will go after the powder where they won't necessarily go after the pellets. All right. Thank you very much. You're I welcome. don't like the thought of my red cordyline looking white. No. White no. or green, but <laughs> I've got to do something. To I? try and get rid of those little snails, yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're Dave. welcome. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Barbara. That number again, 49216216. As we say hello to Bruce from Soldiers Point. Hello, Bruce. Hello, David. How are you? Good, thank you. Mate, I've got a problem with a grafted mango tree. Yes. It's uh, about 10 years old, about four metres high, and it's, I'm getting these white patches on the leaves, which I thought was some sort of mould. When you wipe them off, it leaves the, a very light green circle where the stuff was. But now it's on some of the smaller branches, the whole branch is going white. And when I look real closely at it, they seem like uh, a tiny little egg about a millimetre long. I just wondered if you'd uh, mm. experienced that. Well, look, the only things that uh, would come to mind when you've mentioned the two of these things, first of all, with... Um, Mangoes, they often suffer from fungal infections, which often gets onto the foliage, and sometimes it spreads to the branches as well and causes a rotting. Mm. The only other thing that often gets on mangoes is a thing called mealybug, and mealybug actually just looks like a piece of cotton wool that's uh, been thrown onto the plant, and then it spreads and multiplies, and you end up having more of that on the plant. So if it's mealybug that's on the plant, you need to get in with some confidor or conker, uh, which will get rid of that for you. But I, if I don't think it is mealybug because okay. I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the other thing, as I said, a fungal disease, is it causing a rotting or a, a spotting on the leaf? Or 
Uh, yes, it, it, it comes up as like little white patches up to about uh, a centimetre in diameter, I suppose. When you, like the, the leaves being quite dark, mm. when you wipe it off, there's a, a light green circle where it's been. Okay, so you can actually wipe it off, which indicates to me that it possibly may be a fungal disease, which is very, very common, as I said, for mangoes to get fungal disease. Mm-hmm. So you may have to just give them a spray with some mancozeb to try and get on top of that. Yeah. Um, and make sure, of course, you repeat that application in 14 days again. I tried mangozeb a couple of times, about a fortnight apart, and it, uh, it all came back. So I tried a bit of um, lime sulphur. Mm-hmm. Uh, Be careful that... with lime sulphur during the summer months, even though you can use it. It can tend to burn in warmish conditions, right. where the mancozeb probably by far is the safer one to use. So it sounds like I just need to repeatedly spray with the, it. With the mancozeb, yes. Yeah. yeah. All right, David. Well, thanks very much for that. You're welcome. Okay. okay. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye now. Thank you very much, Bruce. Um, people's questions all seem to have been answered just at the moment, David. Uh, if you do have a question, 49216216 is the number. And uh, David's sitting here twiddling his thumbs at the moment. <laughs> um, I was going to say, David, I, I have a, a, a tropical lily from um, far north Queensland um, in a pot, and it hasn't flowered this year. Oh. <laughs> but I, I think I know the answer. It just just hasn't been warm enough. So uh, I'll just enjoy the foliage on yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. I think that's all you can do. Mm. And, I'm, and I know, certainly know, as I said, Phil, we will, um, we will get many questions coming in about mm. uh, the tropical things and the people are just realising now that they haven't flowered. Are they still going to flower? And the answer to that question is no, they're not because our <laughs> temperatures are cooling down even more so. So certainly we won't get them to flower. Yes, I've been looking at this plant and thinking... When did you flower last mm. year? And and here we are almost in April. Yes. And I'm thinking, I think it was before this. <laughs> and I mean, look, I know we had a caller about the frangipani. The frangipanis have looked brilliant yes. this year as mm. far as foliage goes. Uh, and they still, most of them still look brilliant. But unfortunately, it's just, they, we need the flowers, but we need the warmth to, to bring the flowers yeah. on. Yeah. So. I think sometimes, um, certainly with, with native plants in the, in the Hunter, we're sort of at the far southern limit of where the tropical species will grow. Mm. And uh, and we tend to grow them because they're nice. But then you get a cold summer like we've had and, yeah. and things just don't work That's for you. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else we should be doing um, in this changeover part of the year? I think As the you ma- said, things are getting cooler. Yes. I yeah. think the main thing is that we, we really remember that it is the time for planting all our winter things, as I said earlier, with a, a call, call that we had. So if you haven't started getting your winter crops in, oh, look, I know some people have still got their summer crops in, but mm. yes, you don't have to sort of pull those out and put your winter ones in. But certainly keeping in mind that autumn is a great time to be putting your winter seedlings in, particularly your vegetables and your flowering seedlings, because as I said earlier, we need the autumn just to get a little bit of growth on those Mm. before we get into the winter where, of course, they will start to slow right down. So certainly think about that. And also, as I said, the bulbs, the spring bulbs, it is time to start thinking about those now. Even if you don't put them in, we've got right up until uh, June, July to pop your spring bulbs in, but certainly start collecting those now uh, not necessarily putting them again but collect them get them ready for that period where in another month we can start thinking about putting them in the ground uh, ready for that spring flowering period okay so lots to do even uh, yep, if we haven't is. had all the flowers we've we've been expecting we'll say hello to roger from gateshead hello roger good afternoon uh wisteria 
Yes. I'd just like a recommendation. When is the optimum time to prune it? Okay. Pruning is after flowering because this is one of those tricky ones that you cannot prune it during wintertime when it's lost all its foliage compared to a lot of other things because if you do, you'll be pruning all the flower heads off. So that's why it's pruned straight after flowering. So you just leave it alone throughout the winter and then when it flowers beautifully, that's when you prune it back. You're welcome, Roger. Yeah, bye-bye. Thank you, Roger. Um, it's a good one, that one. It's a tricky one, too. Yeah, because... I know lots of people that just yeah. prune everything when they lose their leaves during the wintertime. But remembering, as I keep saying, and I'll say it mm-hmm. again, anything that flowers <laughs> in spring, particularly those deciduous things that flower in spring, never prune them during the winter months because you're pruning all the flower buds off. So right. you prune yeah. them straight after flowering. And it must be tempting to prune your wisteria well, in winter because it, it looks yeah. just looks like a stick. I know. You know but, yeah. All that stuff twining everywhere yeah. and you think, oh, can I get in and prune it? But no. No, you've you just got to be strong. Yep. yep. Okay, let's say hello to Cathy from Bateau Bay. Hello, Cathy. Hello, David. How are you? Thank you. I've got a white magnolia tree mm-hmm. and it's got a lot of buds on it ready to flower but I'm going to a funeral on Thursday and I wanted to take some of those flowers and put them on the grave how can I preserve them if they open in the next day or two because I find they go brown after about a day well the only way that you could probably preserve them is by putting them into a darkish place because the more light that you've got the more they're going to come out and finish their cycle Right. So if so you I... pick them as a bud, they should yeah. actually hold as a bud for quite a few days until you're ready for them. Oh, okay. So the darker right. you... So that... if I pick them tomorrow, they yes. and put them like in the laundry or somewhere Somewhere where it's really nice and dark uh, okay. so that that doesn't bring the flowers out because it's the natural light that will bring the flowers out quicker for you. Yeah, okay, because that's what I found. As soon as they open they're absolutely beautiful yes. and by the next day they're all gone that's brown. right yes all right then thank you very much you're welcome good luck bye thank you kathy sounds like a lovely thing to do mm. okay um kevin from windale's waiting on the line now hello david. kevin hello david um pansies mate yes um each year i plant um punnets about uh, seed boxes about 18 inches square and, and sort of half a packet of pansy seeds in them. Mm-hmm. They come up. Um, when they get to about a quarter of an inch, half an inch high, I transplant them into tiny little pots, or, or little pots which are actually the bottom of Pepsi bottles. Um, and to cut a long story, when they get a little bit bigger, I plant them out in the garden or pots. Now, what I get is my failure rate is I only get about one out of ten grows to maturity. In the pots, in the little pots and sometimes in the garden and the pots, they go yellow and die okay. and or their roots disappear. Mm-hmm. Okay, now this is, this is very, very common for pansy plants, particularly then when we're moving into the cooler months and they, it's often a damp period that we have. Yep. And often you'll find with these seedlings, particularly pansies, they get a fungal disease in the root system. And this is why when you've 
checked a lot of these that have died. They've got no roots to them because they've just rotted away. So a good little prevention there, Kevin, is when you're growing your pansies, every so often, and I wouldn't even hurt if you do this every three weeks or so, is just to water over some fungicide, and that prevents fungal disease from getting into your pansies, particularly when you're trying to germinate them and when you get them to a very small stage. Once they're out in the ground, the trick is not to overwater them because the more water you give them, the less chance they have of growing because they just rot very easily. But certainly in that seedling stage, it's probably a good idea just to treat them with a fungicide. So you're watering that over them. You're not actually spraying it on. You're watering it over them just like you would be just watering them, but you're actually doing it with the fungicide. Makes sense. All right. I know they don't like a lot of water. That's right, yes, yes. Okay, then. All right, we'll see how you go this year. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Kevin. Bye-bye for now. Thank you, Kevin. Um, To Mona now from East Maitland. Hello, Mona. Hello, David. David, I've got a mysterious weed in my garden which doesn't seem to have a root. It looks like yellow-orange cotton, and it's wrapping itself around all my plants. Okay, so it's a parasite then in that it case. It looks like a parasite. It's a parasite. Yes. And it's got a little fluffy, bally flower. That's right. Yes, well, that's actually a parasite. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, look, I don't know of any particular thing that's used for getting rid of parasites except for you, um, which you've mainly just got to take it all off mm-hmm. and try and get it all off because you only need to leave a, the smallest little piece mm. there and it starts to regrow again. I know. Yes. I've been taking it off now for several weeks. Yes. And um, I'm not having any joy at all. No, well, that's the, that's the only way to get rid of the parasite is to literally take it off by hand. As far as I know, there's no actual chemical that mm-hmm. will get rid of parasites. Okay. So. All right. Okay. Thank you. All right, Mona. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Mona. And uh, Len from Swansea is on the line now. Hello, Len. Uh, yes, hello, David. How are you? Good, thank you. I, is there some simple, easy method to get rid of tiny black ants out of your lawn? Well, look, there's no real simple method except by using products that are designed for getting rid of ants. I mean, one particular one is just the dust. You can get a dust um, from garden centres that you just shake around on the grass, particularly where if you know where the nest is, uh, that's the best thing to shake it around because once the ants come out of their nest, they actually get the powder trapped onto their legs and they take it down, back down into the nest and they fumigate the nest. So that's probably my simple method. I've used the powder and found it to be quite successful uh, because it's a very simple shaking method and that's all you've got to do. Excellent. All right. Thank you very much, David. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Lynn. A few people with ant problems today. Yes. Um, next up, we say hello to Jen from Redhead. Hello, Jen. Hello, David. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, David, I'm wanting to grow celery. Um, yes. What's the best time and what is the best type of soil Okay. Celery can be grown all year round, mm-hmm. so it really doesn't matter when you put that in. They, they do like a very well-drained and they do like a very sunny position for celery mm-hmm. to grow. Yeah. Certainly when we grow celery ourselves, we're not going to get it white like we buy from the supermarkets unless we go to a lot of trouble. So certainly it will just be green and it still tastes exactly the same. So just as I said, in a sunny spot, 
well-drained. That's all you basically need for celery. It's fairly easy to grow. The only thing that I know that um, often gets on celery as far as pests and diseases is the disease, which is a fungal disease, which causes spots on the actual celery. So if you happen to just see some of that, it probably is an idea just to spray them with some fungicide like Mancozeb, and that should clear that up for you as well. Okay. Now, um, can you buy the plants for um, pass, uh, for um parsnips and uh, swedes at all? No, or? they're all grown usually from seed because they're fairly easy to germinate from seed and of course they're all going in now. Okay, and what soil do you have for those? Is it a rich soil or is it not? Or is it... No, well just certainly if you're preparing an area for that, just dig your ground over. You can add a little bit of compost to it. Uh, certainly uh, a little bit of garden lime won't go astray because mm. that just sweetens your soil. And then do your little furrow down and then just yep. cover the seed very lightly and they generally come up fairly easily. Okay, and um, they, what do they take, about 20 weeks? Is I it? think so, yes, like from that? memory, yes. Depending okay. on how late you do them, of course, by getting them in now, remembering, as I said earlier, you have that bit of warmth to actually okay. bring them up and get a little bit more growth on. Yep, okay then, good. Thanks very much then, Dave. You're welcome. R- right Bye. Bye. Thank you, Jen. And uh, Barbara from Bonnells Bay is on the line now. Hello, Barbara. Oh, hello, David. How are you? Good, thank you. That's good. I've got a little problem that I'm not quite sure what to do with or how to treat it, actually. I put in a guava tree last year and I had about a dozen fruit on it this year and some of them have ripened and they've got like a little white worm in them. When do I actually spray it to get rid of that? Okay. Sounds like it's been stung by fly because the only time you'd have worms inside is if the fruit fly has actually laid its eggs inside the fruit. So you probably find through the growing part of the fruit, you'll need to treat it for fruit fly control. And once you start on fruit fly control, you've literally got to spray it right through the season, right up to when you're picking them. Right, so would the other fruit that are on, it's only had a little, about a dozen mm. little fruit on it this year because it's only small. Yes. And would the other ones have the fly in it as well? Well, I would say so. I mean, you'd have to be very lucky if they didn't. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> so, yes, you'd, I, it probably would be wise just to check them before you use them. But certainly as a good preventive, Barbara, for next season, is really early in the season, just hang one of your fruit fly traps in the tree, and that way you'll know for sure when the fruit flies around, and that's when you can start spraying. Oh, okay. I haven't had a problem with fruit fly before, but then I don't really have many fruit trees. No. Well, now that you've got them... Yes, you've just got to take a bit more precaution and just um, prepare for that season where you need to spray them. So when do I put the trap in? In the early spring months. So so towards late winter, early spring, pop your trap in your tree uh, or bush or whatever, and that way when you see the flies in the trap, that's when you need to start spraying. Okay, I shall do. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Barbara. How cold does it need to get before we can sort of stop having to worry about fruit fly, David? Um, Certainly our temperatures are down to 10 degrees or they're very, very near 10 degrees now. And I think Mm -hmm. once we get down to that temperature, a lot of the fruit flies should start dying away. So... Okay, yeah, I'm still a bit concerned about my tomato crop. Oh, okay, no, I don't (laughs) think you should be. I think that should be fine. Okay. But Mm -hmm. I would still just keep an eye on it. Even, look, look, great little precaution, Phil, is just to spray them occasionally just with a general insecticide, but I know you may not be particularly liking Mm. chemicals. Um, I'm 
using the pineapple juice. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. If you just keep that up until we yeah. get, you know, right into the autumn itself, I think you should be fine, but... Okay. Hate to lose them now, David. I know. I've nurtured them. They've been my little babies. And, and Watch I'm... the birds as well, Phil. Yes. Yes. That, that's the trouble with having a native garden. You've got a lot of birds about. Um, shall we get stuck back into yeah, the calls, let's... David? Let's do that. And uh, waiting on the line for a long time is Thelma from Belmont. Hello, Thelma. Hi, David. I have a Bambino Bougainvillea jazzy. Mm-hmm. I've been hearing you advise to prune after flowering. Does that apply to that as well? <laughs> well, with the bougainvillea, no, it doesn't apply to that because we can actually prune that throughout the winter months because it sort of is a little bit semi-dormant during the winter months. But look, certainly if you've got flowers and they're going into the winter time, leave it alone until springtime and then you can give it a good hard prune and that way it'll start shooting away for you and start off flowering again ready for the next season. When you say prune hard, how much should I cut it back? They're well, about a metre and a half long, the cane. Yes. Well, certainly, I mean, you can cut that a good halfway back, uh, and that way you'll get much more growth coming from lower down, stronger branches, and it'll make it much more bushy again. So, as I said, just take advantage of the flowers if it continues into the winter months. Uh, but otherwise, if it doesn't, you can give it a good prune during winter, and that way it'll be ready to go for the springtime. And should I... Fertilise with something to get more flowers? Fertilise, you'll fertilise during the spring months. You won't necessarily during during the um, winter months because it wouldn't really do much during winter at all. And what's the best to use to get the flowers? Well, certainly Organic Life is a great pelleted manure which has got all those extra components in it. That's always a good one to use on anything at all in the garden. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you for that. Thanks, Thelma. Bye. Bye-bye now. Thank you very much, Thelma. Um, Heather from Belmont is on the line next. Hello, Heather. Hello, David. How are you? Good, thank you. That's good. Um, My son has a herb garden. It's actually um, in a big pot, and we just recently found some curl worms in it, you know, those big horrible things. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm just wondering, how can I get rid of those? Look, we haven't heard much of the curl grubs this year for the simple reason Mm. that it hasn't been warm enough for them to... um, create any problems. Oh, there's always an upside. <laughs> so, Why am I the exception? No, 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 you're probably not an exception, only that, of course, with the curl grubs, they need the warmth to actually be active, and we haven't oh, had the warmth. Right, I see. So therefore, they're not really going to do anything at all during the winter months. Because, oh, cool, that's it, great. Because it's too cold for them. Yeah. But certainly, if you wanted to do something about them, the product that's on the market that will get rid of them is Conquer. Conquer is one, or Confidor is another one. Uh, Conquer is the one that you just mix up in a watering can, and you can yep. just water that into the pot, and that will actually kill the um, the curl grubs within the pot, so they'll be gone oh, ready terrific. for next spring. Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay. Okay, bye. bye-bye now. Thank you, Heather. That's that's great that that's been mentioned because, I mean, remember, you know, during our normal summer, Phil, we normally have people ring every week about the curl grubs, but that was the first time we've heard it this year. I have stacks of curl grubs last year in in my pots and in my garden and and everywhere. And I think when I've been repotting something, I saw one that was just halfway into mutating into something else. But... um, yeah, I've, I've had hardly any, which yeah, it's great. fills my heart with glee. Perhaps if, perhaps if we have this season where there haven't been any that have hatched, yep, it they're... may have got rid of our population of curl yeah. grubs, perhaps. 
certainly for a year, maybe. It's wishful yeah. thinking, isn't it? Yeah, we'll, we'll hang on to it, though, Dave. We'll, <laughs> we'll cling to that, that, that hope. <laughs> okay. Uh, Danny from Blackhalls Park is on the line. Hello, Danny. Hello. Hello. Yes, how are you? Uh, oh, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, oh, well, I'm better than the garden is. Oh, very good. Uh, well, I've got the garden at the moment. I think it's too... I've been throwing a bit of lime on it. I threw a bit of lime on it because I put fresh cow manure on it and the compost. And I think with the lime, I might have overdone it a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's too alkaline. Right. Uh, so I'm wondering... You're supposed to put sulphur on, aren't you? That's correct. The sulphur will reduce the um, the pH down to its correct level. But just remembering, too, Danny, by using sulphur, it does it very, very gradually. It's not a very quick-reacting thing. So uh-huh, that's even, what I was worried about. Even when you use the sulphur, it takes at least two or three weeks before you'll be able to take the next reading to see exactly what it's lowered it to. Uh, right, so we've got to water it in too, have I? Uh, yes, well, you use the sulphur according to the directions and then you'll wait at least two or three weeks and then you'll test the soil again just to see how much it's reduced by. Uh, uh, what level do you... Because I've got a reading here of about nine or something. Very, very high, very high. You need to be around the 6 to 6.5. That's just a normal that, neutral reading. strawberries, it's killed all my strawberries. It would, yes. It will kill a lot of things being that high. Um, so you really got to gradually reduce it because it is a very gradual process. So how much would you suggest I put on... Like, what, what, what quantities would I put on... On there to begin with. So. You all, you will have instructions on your on your box okay. that you've got, got a sulphur. I've got to go to your shop to buy something. Okay. Well, you'll need to just go strictly according to those directions. I don't have one in front of me here just to let you know, but simply go by the directions. Yeah. And that, as I said, will reduce it very, very gradually. Okay, then. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. I went to Blackalls Park last week, Phil, because Did I had you? to do one of my my inspections. Oh, right, the, the gardening walk back. Yes, yep. and might mm-hmm. I say the garden that I visited was absolutely beautiful. Was it? And a beautiful yeah. part of the world, which I hadn't been to Blackalls Park for quite a number of years, but this house mm. was set right on the water, so it was uh-huh. really a very nice garden to look at. That would be a, a, a downright pleasure. It was, yep. it was. Okay, well, we should just mention here that if you want to have David come round to your garden, ring up, ask a question, and give Diane your details, and you could be the winner of two in your RFM's gardening walk back for March. You will, and I'm going to Warner's Bay this afternoon for another inspection. Oh, right. So. You like it around the lake, don't you, David? Yes. That's probably, yes. Yeah. Not that I picked them, Phil. No, it's <laughs> no, all out of the no, hat. No, it all comes out of the two in your RFM barrel. Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, back to the calls. We'll okay. say hello to Wayne from Wedalba. Hello, Wayne. Hi, mate. How's you doing? Good. Mate, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago about my friend and his bonsai plants. Yes. Um, he got them trimmed up. Yes. But I'll go into that before. How much water are you supposed to give them plants? Okay. Well, with bonsai plants, they need to be watered daily. So they've got to be treated just like a normal potted thing, but remembering they're only in very, very shallow pots, so they yeah. need to be kept moist. So you religiously water them daily just to make sure that that soil is kept moist because if they dry out, you'll find that the plant will die fairly quickly. So every day is a good idea just to give it a bit of water. Mate, you took it back to people what trimmed it up last time, mm-hmm. and they told him to only water it every three days. Well, look, I certainly would dispute I, that. I wouldn't, 
Yes, certainly during the summertime, you will need to do it every 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 day to keep them moist, as we do at work. But certainly during winter, if you find that the weather's overcast and cool, yes, certainly every three days may be a possibility. But as a precaution, it's probably a good idea just to give it a bit of water every day. I don't know, but anyway, on a funnier side, um, the woman where he got them from charged him thirty bucks to trim up. Okay. Last time when he trimmed it. And I said to my friend, can you claim that on Medicare? <laughs> <laughs> well, so seeing as you've had it done now, Wayne, you'll probably be wise to do it next time on your own, seeing as you've watched how she's done how she's done it. Yeah, well, I don't know, but they, they reckon that, or the same person reckons it, he was giving them too much water. Okay. Well, I, 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 as I said, as I said, just keep an eye on the moisture level, and we'll probably see if. Um, just keep an eye on, just if it's very dry, water it daily, but otherwise, every three, three or four days during winter is fine. And we'll need to leave it there because we've got uh, Jerry from Belmont on the line, and he tried to get through before the news, and he's rung back, so that's nice. Thanks, Jerry. What can I do for you? Hello, David. I've got a, a young uh, orange tree, two years old. It's got. Uh, really bad leaf curl, and the leaves seem to be dry, mm-hmm. and it's got like a white fungus growing on some of the branches. Okay, then. Well, first of all, the, the leaf curl is just simply called citrus leaf minor. Uh-huh. Basically, the procedure there is that you just go over and trim a lot of the young foliage off the plant, first of all. Pop uh-huh. those in a bag, seal it, throw it away, uh-huh. and then you need to spray it with a product called pest oil. Pest oil, okay. And then you just need to repeat that application another two times at 14-day intervals and do the same procedure again until you've finally broken the life cycle of that particular insect. Okay. Now, the white that's on the trunk could be a couple of things. First of all, it could be scale, which uh, the pest oil should get rid of for you as well. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it could be just something that's called lichen, which grows on the shady side of the tree. So if you look at the tree really carefully... The part that doesn't get the sun most of all, on the side that doesn't get the sun, that's probably where this white is growing. Is that, too, okay. yeah. Well, that's just, called, okay, that's just called lichen, and it doesn't really affect the tree's growth or maturity in any way or even the fruiting, so uh-huh. it's probably just wise to just leave it alone. Okay, thank you very much indeed. I'm much obliged to you. Okay then, bye-bye, bye-bye. now. Thank you very much, Jerry. Um, our next caller, David, uh, is one of those mystery calls. Mystery caller. <laughs> We're not exactly sure who is on the line, so we'll just say, hello, you're talking to David. Hello. Anyone there? Well, I think they uh, they probably <laughs> couldn't wait for us, David. Uh, 20 minutes past one, four nine two one six two one six is the number. And uh, David Peterson from Walls End Community Nursery here to answer those gardening questions. Only through till half past one. So uh, give us a ring if you'd uh, like the answer to any questions at all. Um, just while there's a few calls coming through, David, um, any few last things we should be thinking of in the garden? Light pruning? If you look Light cert- pruning. Certainly because of all the growth. I had some okay. emphasis on the word light there. Okay, it is David. very, very light this time of the year. So basically we're only pruning to put things back into shape to make them look presentable for the winter time. So don't go pruning things very severely because if you do, that'll look really, really ugly during the winter months. Right. So just a very... Mm-hmm 
very light pruning, particularly those people that are a bit like me that like to prune everything to death and um, <laughs> prune them into shapes and so forth. So, yeah, just a really, really light pruning. As I said, also a light feeding at this time of the year won't go astray. That'll push things into the autumn, into the winter, and we'll be back to spring before we know it. So we'll be back into the garden, feeding things back up, ready for the next oncoming season as well. So. Right. Okay, um, we've got uh, Coral from Thorndon on the line now, David. Hello, Coral. It's Carol. Hi, oh, Carol. I'm sorry, Carol. <laughs> no worries. I once planted a petunia hedge yes. about 70 metres long. Yes. Um, I've been told, because of our area, it's really, really clay, mm-hmm. we've been told horse manure. Look, horse manure is fine if you've got access to horse manure because basically horse manure uh, is a good moisture retainer. It doesn't do a lot of feeding to the plant. And also, yes, to a degree, it probably would help the clay ground. But more so than enough, I certainly would get a clay breaker in, Carol. That's probably the fastest thing that you could apply. Um, so mix the manure. We've already got the horse manure. Okay. So can I mix it through with soil and my compost? You can. What I was going to say was, yes, if you've got some soil, mix it all through together because the more soil and the more compost and stuff that you can get into this area, the better off you are. So I don't need to put lime through that? No, lime is probably not really necessarily, particularly because of the clay ground. It will be fairly neutral, if not a little bit on the alkaline side anyway. Mm-hmm. So lime is to only sweeten the soil, but it's, it's actually the gypsum, which is the clay breaker. You now get gypsum both in the powdered form and you also get it in a liquid form. So even when you've got things growing in that area, your fertinia hedge, about six months' time you can then just mix up in a watering can and just water that over the ground around the fertinias and it still continually works on breaking down that clay for you. Lovely. So am I right to plant those plants in the next month or so? You certainly are if you're going to all this trouble by mixing the soil and manures and so forth all through that clay area. Yeah, look, if it looks okay, certainly go ahead and start planting your fertinias. Oh, beautiful. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Carol. Uh, David, the liquid um, clay breaker. Yes. If um, I've got plants that are growing in, in, well, in clay, you could make pots out of. Yes. Um, and they're, they're growing. Can I water the clay breaker through the roots of the plant? Is yes, it, It's you not can. going to affect the roots of the That's plant right. at all. That's right. It's actually designed for, for using for that purpose. So right. basically, even if people have got things growing in the ground, all they need to do is just spike some with, with the garden fork, particularly if it's fairly heavy, yep. so that when you water the gypsum on, it goes down through those uh, cracks and crevices a lot easier. Yeah, as right. far as a pot goes, certainly it should actually go down into the pot. Why would you have fairly heavy pot clay ground in a pot fill. No, no, it wasn't in a pot. Okay, uh, it's yeah, in the ground. It, it, it's in so a garden. So just spike bit, around yeah. it with your garden fork, yep. water the clay breaker on, but yes, it is designed to actually put around okay. established plants, so it Excellent. won't affect them. Okay, I'm onto it. Uh, Jill from Abiglasson is next on the line. Hello, Jill. Hello, David. Um, David, I have conifers, about seven of them, and spartum they are. Yes. And when I've had a look inside... It's very brown, and then I've got one that's sort of got the brown at the top coming out on um, the outside. Okay. 
What can I do? I'm not going to lose them, am I? Well, look, certainly with conifers, they do suffer from a fungal disease that causes them to go brown, not necessarily when you've just got the browning in the centre of the conifer because that's quite natural for that to happen because the sunlight cannot get right into the centre of the plant. But when you've got parts that are showing brown on the edges, particularly if there's sections that are dying, that does indicate to me that it is getting a fungal Mm. disease and it is normally a fungal disease that's in the ground. So basically you you need to actually get something that's treatable for ground use, which is a product called Fungarid, um, which basically is a systemic fungicide which works through the, 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 the root system and then goes up into the plant. So once again, that product is called Fungarid and you mix it according to directions and just water that around your conifers. Only the once, David? You probably are wise. Once again, as with most of the products that I recommend, is just to follow up with another application in 14 days' time. Right. And, David, if I may, um, my azaleas, I thought it was lace bug, but um, someone said that they thought it was the spider. Yes, red spider. Yes, what can I spray them with? It's okay. absolutely covered. Okay, well, normally with red spider or lace bug, it causes all the foliage to go a very greyish sort of colour yes. as though all the energy's been taken out that's of the right. plant. Now, the product that's on the market now for that is just simply called Insect and Mite Killer. It's actually replaced a couple of products. Now, the right. products that it has replaced is the old Roger and also the Kelthane. Now, you may still have some of that at home if you have used that up out of the way, and then you go on to this insect and mite killer, which is replacing that. Oh, David, thank you very much. You might have um, saved some plants. Very good. That's good what I want to hear. Thank you. Bye-bye <laughs> All bye right, now. bye-bye, Jill. Yes, David, if you've saved a plant's life today, then it's been a good day, hasn't it? <laughs> uh, final call for today, we say hello to Carol from Budgiewoy. Hello, Carol. Hi there. Um, look, I've got another um, question about wisteria. Yes. Um, I've had two in pots for several years. They've never flowered. Now, um, they've, they're still green. Oh, when do I prune them or do I just let the, all the leaves fall off? Well, first of all, you, pr- you prune them during the time when they're flowered. So once they're flowered, you prune them back. You never they're prune them. Okay. <laughs> well, in that case, you still can't prune them during the winter time because that's pruning all the flower buds off ready for spring. So in the spring, if they don't flower, that's when you prune them back. To try and encourage the flowers on yours, Carol, you need to actually probably add some potash to the pots during the winter months when they're producing their buds, and that will hopefully produce buds ready for your spring flowering. So with the leaves the way they are at the moment, they sort of just, those stems just drop off. So I just leave it alone and not prune it at all. That's just right. Leave it. Yes, right, because if you go pruning it for the winter or in the winter, you certainly won't have any flowers for the springtime. Well, let's hope this year. So use some potash. So as I said, get that into the pots during the winter months and that should help produce your buds for you, ready for that wonderful display that you're going to have in spring. Oh, look, I'll ring you and tell you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks very much. Thanks, Carol. Bye-bye now. Thanks so much, Carol. Wow, David, busy day today. I have a page full of names today, oh, Phil. Just um, so many people working hard in their gardens, which is which is good to see. It is. Hope you have a really good week, David, and Thank we'll you. look forward to seeing you again next Monday. Okay, I'll see you then, Phil, and good gardening, everyone.